0: Raneloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1044, March 28th, 2023. 78 degrees on this day, back in 1946. And it was as chilly as one below on this day in 1923, and I have no ice outs to report.
1: Oh, really? No. So I'll remain in the studio while I
0: hit the theme here. <laughs> and now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon one. it's Garage Logic, <laughs> with Chris Reavers, manning technology corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the Rookie. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and the Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Sushir. A Burt note says, the wife and I walked along Bassett Creek. I think he's doing that to irritate me. Creek, yeah, Yeah. I think he is too. Uh, (laughs) I noted aloud that it doesn't seem very floody we find Bassett to be a pretty good indicator of what spring will bring. She agreed, and after a pause, asked, does Suchere still do those ice-out announcements? <laughs> I said I didn't know and wondered if you had forgotten. He said, well, the ice-outs are tedious, but I'm glad he does them. And tedious. then today, boom, went the dynamite, we have the tedium of ice-outs. But I can't find one for today. And uh, some other matters relating to yesterday. Let me clear up something about Matt Walsh. I've been getting a lot of emails about him, and I, I might have been too, uh, too quick to paint him with a broad brush. Apparently, he's a GLer, and uh, I think he's the. Uh, I think he's behind the film. What is a woman? And he's okay. uh, he's got quite the uh, uh, the followers. So, yes, uh, Matt Walsh, uh, I will give a listen. Is
1: that a rhetorical question? What is a woman?
0: No, I think he was having fun with the idea that these morons can't define what a woman is. Remember Got the it. Supreme Court justice yep. who, what's her name, John? She couldn't define what a woman was. Uh, she was afraid to. Jackson, of, somebody Jackson?
2: Yeah, Jackson, yeah. exactly, yes.
0: Uh, some matters regarding yesterday, I said uh, chopping ice was an indicator of boredom, and I'm getting a pushback on that. Uh, Paul Root notes, got to disagree on chipping ice is not boredom. I spend all winter not just clearing the driveway, sidewalk, and fire hydrant. But also the gutter from my driveway to the sewer drain, with a north with a north facing house, no melting goes on on my side of the road. I don't keep, if I don't keep the drain clear when melting does start, I would ha- I would have a lake at the end of the driveway. Now this past four to five days, I've been out a couple of times in reverse space management since i had piles of snow next to the driveway over 4 feet high i've been shoveling snow from the piles back onto the driveway <laughs> to get them to melt sooner it's satisfying to see it melt but yeah it's a time waster last spring wow my phone popped up in a picture of my uh last spring my phone popped up a picture of my mg from 2019, I drove it to work on this day in 2019, top down. Of course, it was about five miles back then. Now I'm thinking Saturday might be the day to pull out, uh, pull that car out from its slumber, Paul in Buffalo. But you didn't send me a picture of the car. Come on, that's That whole letter, that's all you, that whole oh, leather, that's all whole you thing Boiled about. down, to yep. let me see the MG. Uh huh. And then uh, Howard notes chopping ice is not a sign of boredom, and I resent the suggestion that the activity lacks creativity. <laughs> It is instead a right we have earned as suburban Minnesotans. We have persevered through this frozen purgatory called winter, and it is our opportunity to exact revenge upon that which has repressed and endangered us. In fact, I will go so far as to say that in this one narrow instance, man has an effect on nature when we take out our frustrations on ice that is weakening and defenseless. When I'm chopping ice, my inaudible but constant mantra is simple. Take that. I'm not on your lawn. You're on mine, Howard. Best oh,
2: Howard. Okay. I, don't, uh, I don't mind him chopping ice, but uh, putting snow back on your clean driveway just so it melts, that's... that's I uh, would throw it in the street, maybe not necessarily in the driveway.
0: That's reverse space management.
2: Yeah,
0: Isn't weird. that something? You spend all winter practicing <laughs> space management, and then you reverse it. I did call the Bemidji, Minnesota, school district, they do still have employed, as a high school teacher, Gina Marie Bernard, who came up yesterday with her send-up of the people in Tennessee. She wanted to, She said, oh, geez, I guess I'll never get to go down there and secretly inject 11-year-olds with hormone blockers while I do an interpretive drag dance to my favorite Judy Bloom novel. She was, uh, she was uh, suggesting that the people of Tennessee are a little over the top when it comes to transgender issues, uh, but she also writes uh, dreadful, dreadful poetry. Uh, but the school—I'm sure the school is going to stay. I talked to whoever I talked to said, "No, we're not. We didn't fire." her. Wow! And uh, <clears throat> I'm sure what the school can claim is that these are her private musings. You—you yeah. uh, you found information, John.
2: Yeah, there, well, there were just some uh, articles in the local Bemidji newspaper, The Pioneer, I believe it was, uh, in 2013 about a book that she had published, and then in 2018 about two books of poetry that she had published. Uh, speaking of her poetry, did you happen to look at any of her poetry, no, Joe? No, you You wouldn't have liked it. It was it was A, awful uh, in, just in content, but then nothing rhymed.
0: So, oh, uh, I hate that. I've, I'm done with that <laughs> right off the bat. See ya. <laughs> well, okay. So, Bemidji, you've your kids can take english classes from her and i'm i'm sure they'll be wonderful the uh
1: <laughs> yeah what are they going to learn from her is what i want to know
0: the uh <coughs> news i'm sensing the uh, traditional news gathering institutions don't know where to be on the memphis i'm sorry the nashville shooting. By the way, the cops there behaved a lot better than those cops in Uvalde, <sighs> Texas, didn't they? I'll yeah. say. They yes. got in and took care of it. Uh, this is a transgender uh person who did the shooting. And uh for that reason I'm afraid it's it's making more news than it might have. And uh <clears throat> I don't know they don't know what to make of that. And neither do I because I'm I'm reasonably convinced there's a lot of transgender people who don't intend to shoot anybody. I, I would agree.
1: I would say probably 99.99%. Uh, uh, 99.9999999.
0: That might even be high. percent. Uh, <laughs> or low. Apparently this shooter had an agenda. Uh, she uh, had intentions of getting to the mall, apparently, a mall, to shoot people. Uh, the coppers strongly believe she was going to some other targets, including family members and one of the malls in Nashville. And that's according to uh, Chief, Nashville Police Chief John Drake, said on CBS this morning. And uh, he said, and that just did not happen. Well, it didn't happen because the coppers acted quickly. Uh, The shooter's name is Audrey Hale, 28 years old, who officials say was armed with at least two assault-style weapons and a handgun. Uh, Drake said a search of the shooter's home turned up two additional weapons. And I believe some more maps, Drake said, pertaining to maybe some thinking about her other incidents. Uh, the shooter had attended the school, the covenant school in the city's affluent Green Hills neighborhood. And the, uh, police believe the shooter might've had some history there, uh, What detectives have said so far is there's possibly some resentment for having had to go to that school, the police chief said. Uh, Drake said authorities believe the shooting was targeted and planned. We have a manifesto. We have a booklet that shows exactly what she planned to do. We have maps that show the entry point into the school the weapons that were going to be used, the clothing that she was going to wear, and she had drawn it up almost like a cartoon character. It was exactly what she had on during this incident. Uh, this, of course, has reignited the discussion in this country about the availability of assault-style assault weapons. I, I personally believe that the, that the shooter is at fault and not the weapon, but you're going to get nowhere with that argument with euphorians. Euphorians believe that these weapons are to blame. Uh, All these weapons do is just make it easier for disturbed people to shoot. I don't know what to do about it. Uh, I won't believe my freedom is affected if you could somehow figure a way out To remove all assault style weapons from the United States, but to do that, you'd need what?
1: Super magnet. magnet. Super
0: magnet. That's the only thing that can. There's, uh, There's no other way to do it, and I'm not being facetious. You'd have to suspend above the country a very large magnet. What color is it?
1: Uh, it's got the red uh, tips, but it's silver. It's a it's a horseshoe, yeah. and it's a giant horseshoe with the red tips. Giant yes. horseshoe. It's not letting any any
0: gun stay on Earth. It's going. You're going to get a lot of people's walkers, and you're going to get you know patio <laughs> <couple of> furniture. <laughs> some but, hips. Uh, you're going to get some hips. Ooh, you... but you're going to get the, those assault assault style. If 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 somehow those are banned uh i'll 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 be okay uh, but i don't know how they we do have our president uh who was weighed in on this apparently he was made aware of this uh, of this dreadful tragedy and kids lost in in Nashville and here's what he had to say
3: my name is joe biden <laughs> I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. (laughs) Folks... uh, Now he goes back to the podium. I just want to speak very briefly about the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, uh, Ben. Then he goes on to
0: say what you would expect him to say.
1: But he walked back to the podium, put the handheld microphone down, and then started to address it. I, I have no idea what was going through
0: his mind. At the very least, isn't that disconcerting? he's up apparently in the private part of the white house he gets word of this shooting and he comes downstairs to address the country and he mm, no no help me then. no
2: this was a already a women's business summit oh, okay. That, that was scheduled so he came down for that
0: he came down for that and is that when he got word of the shooting
2: yeah yep
0: did he get word of the shooting before the ice cream or after? Yes.
2: before. Well, he received word of the shooting before he went down. I know it was in the afternoon, I think 2.45 their time. Well, mm-hmm. Washington, so one forty-five our time. Mm-hmm. And the shooting was at, what, 10 our time? So he had to have already known about the shooting when he went down there, I would assume. But he didn't go down there specifically to speak on that. He went down there for the business summit address that he was supposed to make.
1: Wouldn't that? Wouldn't a staff member intervene to say, "You know what? We've got to go off script here. Uh, I know these ladies are here for the business, but we..." You would think, yes. This yeah. is Trump and everything, so to speak. Bad pun.
0: So, so he play it again. Uh,
1: you want the ice cream? Yeah. Ah, don't worry. It's just a little ice cream. There <laughs> on. go. Uh, oh. Transformer. No, nope, no. Nope.
0: the hell is that?
1: It was on it was still playing, so I have oh. to cue it up again here. Oh. Uh, here we go. Just hoping there's not an ad this time. Okay.
3: I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. <laughs> and I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. <laughs> I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. <laughs> I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Carter. Folks, uh going this day. Folks, welcome to the White House.
2: Then that, it kills out. So then I have to go to the other. Okay. He was speaking four and a half hours after... The shooting. Hmm. 10.13 was the shooting. 2.43 was the time he began speaking. So four and a half hours.
1: My wife was so upset that she texted me yesterday and said the president came on and was doing a comedy routine.
0: Well, let's, 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 let's try to figure this out. He is coming down to address this women's group, right? Correct, yep. And... And that's how you might have started addressing a woman's group. Okay. Say, hey, I just came sure. down. Yep. Uh, maybe you guys got some chocolate ice cream? I have some upstairs. And, and then it it must occur to him uh, to to address what happened in Nashville. And then he did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but he would
1: have his handlers. He would have said, "Listen, I'm going to tell a couple of ice cream jokes and then address Nashville." I would advise him. Are you crazy? I doubt if he even. Uh,
0: I, I doubt if he even had that.
1: Well, that was spur of the moment. That was not scripted. Sure, obviously. that was just
0: spontaneous gibberish. Uh, well, I don't know what to think, people uh, anymore. Uh, it, it was awkward, at least.
1: Okay, reverse the roles. <laughs> at least, dial it back. Four years ago. What would the well, reaction there would have been be?
0: Out, there would have been outrage. Outrage.
1: You think there's outrage here, or are, you th- or are we just dismissing him to be?
0: There's there's outrage certainly. Well, your
1: right wingers, Fox News is going to go crazy. Yeah. So all the right, yeah. hardcore right wingers going to go nuts.
0: So I think it was
1: tasteless, but I mean, what do we do?
0: Well, it's it's worse than tasteless. It's uh, it's disconcerting about his capabilities. It's it's uh, his moron chip didn't work there, right? His chip failed. I mean, and nothing will come of it. Maybe nothing should. I I don't know what to say about it except it's disturbing. I you know I agree with you guys,
2: but. Here's my issue. Oh, cool, um, Johnny. Go careful. Well, no, and I, I want to be careful here. I'm sure you read in the paper today, and I saw it last night, about the congressman that represents that area. Yeah, with the Christmas you, card. Yeah, do you think that's uh, tasteless and off-kilter? Yeah, of then? course I do. Okay, good. Of well, then, yeah, do. we're on the same page then. But, yeah, I agree. He, uh, The president did not.
0: Uh... It's not analogous, the, the Christmas card. Uh it's a Congressman that represents the Nashville area by the way yep. the the Christmas card uh did not follow a specific shooting within a few hours that was True. It was just uh that was just he, that was a guy playing politics and playing to his base and showing his voters that he owns rifles uh I, do, I don't think that's an indication of of dementia on the part of the congressman. I think it's a demonstration of idiocy. <laughs> uh, and I don't think what Biden said about chocolate chip ice cream is a demonstration of idiocy. I think it's a demonstration of dementia. Dementia? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, of really not knowing... Uh, not knowing the time and place that that he was in i mean obviously he knew he was in the white house but well
1: coming from a guy that occasionally d- his filter doesn't work mm-hmm. i even know that that i would not have begun that <laughs> with that ice cream joke
0: well yeah don't you it's a bit odd, isn't it? That's a it's a good way to summarize that.
2: It's a, it's an odd time we live in, Joe. I don't know if you've noticed.
0: We really, really do. Uh, the euphorians, uh, as as they do, as as well as they might, that's their cause. Will suggests that this is another example to get rid of the assault-style weapons. Uh, I happen to believe that that disturbed person would have figured out a way to kill people. You know what? I never hear these people talking about the gangsters shooting each other in North Minneapolis. Never do you've You've got these kids in North Minneapolis on a daily basis are shooting each other, often wounding and killing each other and now would would there be more commentary about it if they were doing that uh, if they were doing that shooting with assault style weapons
3: because uh, to probably. my knowledge
0: to my knowledge, none of the uh, shootings committed by the youth who are feral youth uh, loose in a gang war, Uh, to my knowledge, they are not using assault style weapons. No, they're not. They're using stolen handguns Mm -hmm. or or whatever they can get their hands on. But they're not using assaults. But I never hear anything about that. It's almost as though some shootings are okay if you're euphorian, but other shootings are not. I have a question about that. Why aren't they?
1: I'm not encouraging them to, but
0: well, the, the the way to answer the question is to realize every shooting is a behavior problem, not a gun problem. Agreed. Well, there there's my answer.
2: Plus, Rook, the availability, I think, money-wise, et cetera, of that gun okay. would be a gangbanger is <laughs> going to grab a handgun when he can, steal it, whatever. Fair yeah, enough. There's no place really to, you're not going to break into a car and steal a any kind of rifle. The
1: odds like of that would be great.
2: That. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you don't uh, you don't steal an assault weapon out of a car, usually.
1: You know, if you own one of those, uh, you're probably not just leaving it in the backseat.
0: No. <laughs> well, in any event, dreadful. Uh, you know, little kids see this on the news, and they get worried, and it's tough for, to f- figure out what to tell them. You know, don't worry the, about it.
2: The pictures of kids at the scene are heartbreaking, you know. You can see the fright, everything on their face. It's just, ugh.
0: And the other, I tried to get somewhere with this avenue of conversation, and I didn't. To to me, this is also just symptomatic of this horrible and rapid breakdown in moral and ethical integrity. Uh, This didn't happen 25, 30 years ago. It just didn't happen. Some bad things happened.
1: Well, you'd get an occasional bath. School and and stuff like that, but it was it was not once a week. You
0: got Dylan and Klebold in Denver, uh, but it wasn't happening with this frequency, and and it was happening. It didn't happen at a time in life when assault style weapons existed. Hmm. So they they weren't legal though. That's right. Then. <laughs> But there were plenty of them around. Well, it's a no-win topic, isn't it? Uh, I I argue for moral clarity, and I get nowhere. Uh, I point out moral and ethical decline, and I get nowhere. I point out that what's the difference between shooting somebody with an assault weapon and a handgun in North Minneapolis? I get nowhere. Well, the difference, of course, is you can do more damage more quickly. With the assault style weapon, but this pathetic soul in 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 uh, Nashville there's no accounting for her behavior We don't know anything about her uh, i I transgenderism has nothing to do with it in my estimation uh and we we don't know yeah we don't know the backstory. Just, yet. This country continues to be afflicted by just dreadful situations, politically, academically, uh, business. Uh, we're we're uh, we're, a, we're a we're a hot mess. We're just a hot mess.
2: You it's this- Not positive Tuesday is. It? I was
0: going to say, man, what are we? <laughs> Well, thanks to those cops in Nashville, how many lives did they save?
1: Not knowing what they're getting into.
0: <laughs> I mean, if this idiot, did you see her shoot her way into the school? Yeah. In the video? Yeah. It's crazy. <clears throat> I suppose a guard at the door would not have been able to prevent that. No, she seemed pretty determined. She shoots all the glass out so she can reach in, open the door, and she starts walking around like she thinks she's some sniper. Mm-hmm. Oh, for Pete's sake. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Well, I guess if we want to take a positive, and I'm going to, it's the cops. Yeah. Because uh, that video's you know, they just, they're in there to take care of business, to, you know, make sure nobody else gets hurt. Right. <clears throat>
0: And she was in the act of continuing to roam the school when they caught up to her.
2: Yep, yep. And had she escaped the school, like you said, she had other plans to hit other places. So mm-hmm. who
0: knows if she would gotten away, what would have happened? I do have a somewhat positive note uh, for a Tuesday. We have Mercury, Jupiter, Venus, Uranus, and Mars yes. lining up. With the moon tonight. It's a celestial Mm -hmm. event. I'm sure I'll miss it. Uh, (laughs) You you want us to call you? (laughs) Well, no, it's supposed to be cloudy. The clouds are going to move in. But if you look at the western horizon right after sunset, the planets will stretch from the horizon line to around halfway up the night sky. But don't be late. Mercury and Jupiter will quickly dip below the horizon around a half an hour after sunset. Hmm. The five-planet spread can be seen from anywhere on Earth as long as you have clear skies and a view of the West. That's the beauty of planetary alignments that doesn't take much. Hmm. It says here that maybe you need binoculars. Uh, Jupiter, Venus, and Mars will be easy to see since they shine brightly. Venus will be one of the brightest things in the sky, and Mars will be hanging out near the moon with a reddish glow. Hanging out. Mercury and Uranus could be trickier, trickier to spot, since it will be dimmer. That For them, you might need your uh, binoculars. If you're a planet collector, it's a rare chance to spot Uranus, which usually is invisible. So that's got a green glow, and you look just above Venus for Uranus. Okay. That's, why don't you just control yourself? I thought we
1: were I thought we were pretty far into it. Without Reavers here, yep. yeah, I, I thought exactly. we, we we made it a long
2: a I, long stretch. I confess though I had to stop looking at Rook on the camera because I wouldn't
0: look at you either. <laughs> there I was a not. five planet lineup last summer and there's another one in June. Well, this isn't even that rare then. Big deal. Huh. You know what this is? Big deal. Come on. <laughs> These alignments happen when the planet's orbits line them up on one side of the sun from the Earth's perspective. Huh. So there you have it. Isn't that a nice note? Yeah. That'd be cool. I found another thing I have to have from EcoFun Motorsports besides the golf cart. I've already gotten an electric bike. Well, you got that it. was stolen from me. Yeah. And taken to Chicago. Right away. To be used by family members. Uh, have you heard of the Vanderhall? What's the Vanderhall? It's no. a three-wheeled, street legal vehicle that is so cool. It's uh, it takes your breath away. It's almost like a Morgan. Oh. There, uh, there's eight different Vanderhall USA models in stock at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake and Burnsville. They're two-seaters. They're street legal, and you know you don't you don't want to take them out in a rainstorm. <coughs> no, but they're they're. They're not motorcycles. Wow. They're not cars. I'm looking at pictures. Aren't they They cool? Cool. They're just the coolest thing in the world. And at EcoFun right now, there's a great spring sale on, a preseason sale on all electric bikes and scooters. The Beach Star step-through electric bike, the Sea Star electric bike, all gas scooters, hundred to three hundred bucks off, all electric scooters, three to five hundred bucks off, lowest price of the year on remaining 2022 Vespa scooters, Moto Guzzi, Apriya motorcycles, with a thousand to three thousand dollars off where they. While they last, most are at or below dealer cost and carry a two-year full warranty. It's only the most, it's just fun recreational stuff at EcoFund. Those kids, all-terrain vehicles, the electric bikes, you name it. Great service, great apparel, helmets. EcoFund Motorsports in Forest Lake on 97, just west of 35, and down in Burnsville on the service road of life near County Road 42. EcoFundMotorsports.com.
4: This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere.
5: A Toro Zero Turnover from Tri-State not hearing will it. make your lawn look amazing. And no more turning laps. The engines and the decks are so powerful. That you can just blast back and forth Drastically cutting your mowing time Right now Tri-State Bobcat Has the best pricing on select model years Both the Time Cutter and the Titan Zero Turn Mowers Ranging from 42 inches to 60 inches Discounts 10 to 20% Under the promo pricing And I, I gotta tell you Just check out. Ask them to show you the my ride suspension system. It's so cool. The whole seating platform floats. It's like riding on a cloud. So, so awesome. If you obsess about your lawn, a Toro zero-turn mower will make it perfect. Tri-State Bobcat can also get you into a Toro snowblower right now during the spring sale. Both the Toro Power Clear single stage blower and the Power Max two stage snowblowers are on sale, and these are the best prices of the year. Make sure you tell them you're a GL or when you swing into any one of the tri-state locations: Burnsville, Little Canada, and Hudson. And you can also see everything on their cool website: tristatebobcat.com.
0: Uh, we understand that uh, Governor Walls will have to rent a house. While the governor's mansion is being renovated and it's, it's sinking into me more and more that how could it possibly cost 6.3 million to renovate his house? <laughs> when, when you um, before we get to walls and where he's going to live, how could that be? Haven't, we've been dumping money into the old Irving It gets house a lot since. of money all the time. Rudy, remember Rudy Perch with the buckets? Yeah, Rudy took us to the attic and he showed a hose that he had drilled, a, or he had <laughs> hanging from the roof and it was draining into a bucket. But uh, that alone should be alarming. Six, you can buy a hell of a house for 6.3 million.
1: You could tear that <laughs> down.
0: And, and, and rebuild for yes. six point three million. And
1: never have to maintain it for the next ten years.
0: There there's where somebody should be taking a look. Six point three million to renovate the governor's mansion. Does that make sense?
1: No, doesn't make uh it makes sense for uh, the it's government that to do big. something like it's that. It's not that big. No, it's neat inside and it's intricate, and but if they're gonna try to are they just gonna fix it or are they gonna try to restore? Restoration is expensive.
2: They're, they're upgrading a bunch of stuff, plumbing and all that fun stuff, electrical. That, yeah, but that still, sort of six
1: point three million. Well, yeah,
0: it seems outrageous. I agree completely. It's almost as outrageous as the fact that we have to pay <laughs> three hundred and thirty grand for him to lease a house on Sunfish Lake. He's going to lease a house owned by Mike McFadden, who ran uh, up against, against Del Franken against Franken in twenty fourteen. It's out Vince Flynn Way, where Vince built a house. Mm-hmm. And he's got, uh, it's what, 7,500 something square feet, yep. three and a half acres on the lake, six car garage, and uh, the property taxes, by the way. Are, are less than many, many smaller <laughs> houses.
1: That are in the city proper? They're, huh? they're
0: property oh, taxes, finger. seriously, the property taxes in <laughs> that house are about a grand less than many smaller houses in, in St. Paul. Hmm, you don't huh. say. I do say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but
1: should, should, Do you want me to call a former residence of the governor's residence to see if?
0: No. What what could Jesse add? Although I certainly miss Jesse these days. Jeez. Uh, huh? Talk about missing the politician you once had. I'm uh, glad
1: he doesn't listen to the podcast so he won't hear that.
0: Huh, Gov? <laughs> why? I said something nice. I know. But I don't listen. Yeah, of course not. But tell him oh, when he I talked did. about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the only thing is, you know, Walls has to live someplace if they're going to go in the governor's mansion and tear it up. And
1: so we have a governor that's not paying property taxes. Well,
0: he, no, he doesn't have to. McFadden has, is on the hook for the property taxes. Right. Uh, you, the taxpayer, you're on the hook for the $350,000 rent for uh, until, what, uh, something in fall of 2024? Yeah, I think or, with an option you know, for extra June months. Of 2024 or whatever.
1: I'd like yeah. to congratulate Mike McFadden on a very good business deal. I just don't know that the taxpayers should have.
0: There's a lot of interesting facets to this story, and I, I'm going to start with. Six point three million dollars is an obscene amount of money to how, restore that house. How?
1: Why can't we break that down? What's What's is it? Four million for the roof, two million for
0: uh, new plumbing. I mean, two million. Well, that's that's what it's going to come down to, I suppose. New electricity, HVAC. Dishwasher. I don't know what they're do- doing, but it, it, you know, the governor does not own a house. Right. He does not own his own house. I learned that yesterday from Annette. Well, i so, the story. Uh, this guy is piling up such a retirement that it's incredible. He's going to get <laughs> at least four pensions, if not five. He doesn't own a house, so he's been making no house payments. <laughs> He doesn't have to worry about an automobile. That's eight years without a mortgage. It's just no amazing. No property taxes. This guy's going to have millions of, I don't know how much a year. He's going to have a lot of money coming in every year. Yeah. And uh, so there's a number of facets to look at here. The What leaps out at me besides the extraordinary amount of money to uh, renovate the governor's mansion, which it's an old Irvin house.
1: Yes.
0: As in Ordway, Irvin. Uh, it was donated to the state back in what? I'll check for 1960, you. late 50s, yeah. what, whatever. Uh, okay. I don't think it shows much character on his part. I, I realize you got to live someplace, but you certainly aren't living anywhere. You're not putting your money where your mouth is. Why don't you live in a condo in downtown Minneapolis, where they shoot fireworks off at your window on the 4th of July. Why don't you live in one of the many houses that I would imagine are available on Summit Avenue in St. Paul? Why do you need this grandiose place? And it is grandiose. It's 7,500, 7, square feet, yeah. six-car garage. It's on the lake sunfish lake it, it's just gorgeous i'd like that oh who wouldn't i would too and, and you you show no character whatsoever it this is one of the most tone deaf things he's ever done now he didn't do it by the way i mean i'm sure he was apprised of it but it's the department of administration that writes the checks and found the place and said, hey, Gov, do you, you want to live in this place? And he probably said, yeah, that sounds great. And, and off he goes. He's going to be completely insulated from all of the Minnesota values that he so, holds so dear to his heart.
1: Uh, yes. Again, uh, not on the same uh, uh, range of President Trump. I was a little fooled by this guy. I thought he was more meat and potatoes I and was
0: terribly fooled by this guy. I was.
1: I a, thought he military background. Uh, yes, he's a, a, a liberal Democrat teacher. I just thought he'd have a little more.
0: Maybe that's all we should have realized that he was a a, a teacher.
1: Sixty-five the, uh, is when they uh, donated the um, six, nineteen sixty-five. Yeah. Clotilde and Olivia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, the I'm number. sorry.
0: Oh. I'm sorry. It's damn near an eight thousand square foot home. It's seventy nine yeah, really fifty two. Five bedrooms. Well, how's
1: he going to squeeze into that when the governor's residence is sixteen thousand square feet? And,
0: and get this, the <laughs> state, the state, no, the state has no money. Right. You are paying for fifteen thousand dollars for new carpet, new carpeting in the house. Well, yes.
1: McFadden, they had that green shag. You know, they're family of uh, no class. <laughs>
2: the, the other part of this that it, is an astounding number because three hundred thirty thousand. You think, yeah, it's, that's a big number. Yeah, I get it. Seventeen but grand the, a month. I, that's the number I was going to bring up. The yeah. monthly lease seventeen three twenty six. Yeah. Imagine you're us normal fellas. Yeah. going. Yeah, my uh, my lease payment this month is seventeen thousand. What?
0: This, start, is, this is better really, get out of radio. This is really. <laughs> this is really quite an example of how detached the third rail has become. Yeah, the balls on this guy. To live in a house that's gonna cost the taxpayers $17,326 a month. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have and the state, thankfully, we we don't have to pay the property taxes. We don't have to pay the insurance, but we probably have to pay the insurance. Apparently the carpet is not up to snuff, so the <laughs> taxpayers have to pay fifteen grand for new carpet. And of course, we learned that the Department of Administration has funds in its budget to cover the temporary housing costs, and the legislature doesn't need to take additional action. Well, they they presumably would not be taking additional action. What's no. what's to take? Uh, you just kind of throw your hands up in the air on top of everything else. I said, I said the country right now is in a hot mess. So is, the, so is the state of Minnesota. And the, the example he's setting here is just a dreadfully, dreadfully tone-deaf example. I'm not saying he should go live in a $500 a month, 800-square-foot apartment on University Avenue. I'm saying, though, that he should have done something more representative of the BS he pretends to uphold. And, and this isn't it. This is the polar opposite of what this guy preaches, the polar opposite. He he pretends to represent average Minnesotans, none of whom have lease payments of seventeen thousand three hundred and twenty-six dollars a month. None of whom demand that before this, before the taxpayers start paying the 17326 dollars three hundred and twenty-six dollars a month, that we need to provide fifteen grand for new carpet. Because maybe Mrs. Walls didn't like the carpet. I have no idea. Let's see. Um, I
1: looked, I'm at rent.com, houses for rent. Find one on Summit Avenue. Well, I got one on Sergeant Avenue for five grand a month. Uh, The collection at Highland Bridge. That's fifty eight hundred a month.
0: Okay, now you got to factor in security because they can all they always hide behind that. Well, we need room for the security. Yeah. Okay, okay. There's plenty of homes in St. Paul that would have provided as much room for security as the Irvin Mansion near uh, near Lexington and Summit. Yes, plenty. It's between Lexington and Victoria on Summit, on the east side of the street. And there's not that great of a property there. There's a nice. Side yard where you could park a state trooper car or whatnot, but I guarantee a McFadden's place will have more room than the Summit Avenue place. Oh, so so you got to factor in security. They're gonna they get away with that, right? They're gonna they you need security. Okay, uh, you're gonna have more room for security than you know what to do with it. Sunfish Lake, you could park a fleet. Plus, one side of the house is you don't need to secure. It's a lake, right? <laughs> Unless they're going to come after you in kayak, yeah, I was just going to say they might boat in Joe. Yeah, well, you can't use a motor on that lake, uh-huh. so it would have to be a canoe, or a very quiet sailboat. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's no problem. Uh, it's a gorgeous little lake. It's not much of a lake, but it's it's gorgeous. And uh, th- this is an astonishing example of what what has become to the political class and i would like to think that there are governors who would not have done this but i I'm, I'm getting hard pressed to come up with come up with one i i don't know uh do they all just fall prey to the temptations of this wealth that is handed them i, I it's a it's a sad situation this guy has no character whatsoever okay,
1: here's here's okay maybe i'll
0: try to justify it for him playing
1: devil's advocate here is he not going to run for a third term? I don't and so know. T- at this point, yes, it would be political, uh, it would cause him political harm to be doing this kind of ornate thing. I think you're probably right. I think and he just thinks, right. you know, I'm just going to give myself this little reward the last couple of years, third term. What well, is a cheap guy doesn't even own a house? <laughs> What's he going to do? Well, he'll probably, you know, beg, he'll get the sandwich board out there and start walking university yes. when he's done. <laughs> we'll
0: work for food. Hmm. The taxes are less than many, many smaller houses
1: I would really feel like a sucker I'd really feel like a sucker if I was in St. Paul right now I
0: lived
2: in some place like that, I don't want to get out But you know, (laughs) what are you
0: going to do? Well, there's places on River River Boulevard Much smaller than uh, McFadden's house and I know for a fact that the property taxes are thirty five grand a year on mm. River Boulevard. If you do the math of what it costs to sleep in your own bed, you'd go crazy. And I know guys who have owned a, a house that was thirty five grand a year and they've they sold. They've done that? They're done. Mm. No, I never have. No. They moved. <laughs> so they're so uh I suppose I better not keep that up because the governor will say, see how much money I'm saving you on property taxes? Well, you're not saving it, Governor. McFadden's paying the property taxes. That's the one thing that the taxpayers aren't getting stuck for. But that's the difference between Dakota County and Ramsey County is that a house that massive could have uh, less taxes than many, many, many smaller houses in St. Paul, in Highland Park, Crocus Hill, Kings, Mantlewood, Mississippi River Boulevard, Summit Avenue.
1: Well remember, Joe also. And there's... one
0: day St. Paul will come to the realization that they've they've run out of the money to to keep expanding the government. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, please don't forget the fact that there are also five staff members at the mansion: a manager, assistant manager, chef, housekeeper, and groundskeeper.
0: The guy might as well be a king. <laughs> I am
1: king of Minnesota. Remember when I was king of America? Yeah. Yeah, that was way back. That was great. I had a maid.
0: What do uh John, what do uh lefties like you think of this? I, I'm t- now, wait a minute. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm no
2: lefty. We don't want Scott sure to come down I'm and kick our ass. Let me ask it differently. You know, you, you don't like one guy, and suddenly you're a lefty. Yeah. Well, I don't like him
0: either. So <laughs> you I guess don't like, like him either, you're a so lefty, 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 too. Get out of my yard. Oh, I got some foul, cruel email today from from people who heard me say Trump should be in a rubber room. I mean, it was foul. i
2: I've received that in the past, so I
0: understand. So so what do... Uh, you remember the gal who wrote uh, a letter to the editor? Oh, it's getting to be six weeks ago or so. And she wrote a letter thankful for her property taxes. Yes. yes. I don't remember she, her name. but I, I love the greenery and we have a park. Was that Kathy? Uh, I don't remember her name, but we tried to... Nobody listening to the show could obviously get to her. Yeah, it was Kathy. They were a long way from being, she was a long way from being a GLer and it was unlikely she would be aware of our wish to speak to her. But she was, she probably pays about 800 bucks a year in property taxes and was just thrilled at what she got for her money. Now, what does a woman like that think of this? Do they even care? Do they read about it? Does it occur to them what this is? Do they care? I think they don't care. No, they don't care.
2: They I don't, don't care. And I think anybody who would care if the budget situation last week didn't change their thinking, mm-hmm. then their thinking's never going to change. If, you know, if they can't arrive at what the Democrats are doing with the budget is wrong, then their their thinking's not going to this change. This
0: guy stole your surplus. <laughs> And he's using it to expand the government by $18 billion a year, which will never go away, meaning added to the baseline is an additional $18 billion a year from now until we melt from cataclysmic climate change. He stole that money to expand the government, and now he's moving into an estate on Sunfish Lake (laughs) <laughs> it's incredible what, what is happening And this, this state seems to be Full of people who really don't really care Bring mm-hmm. on the wenches More wine for my friends And he has a staff He's had a chef and a groundskeeper and a. Ma- Why do you need a manager of a house To do what
1: Well uh, I'll give him at the I don't know if he's bringing them over to uh, To Mac's house To um,
0: McFadden's McFadden. house But Where's I, Mc, Where did McFadden move I wonder Across the border. I don't know.
1: In that article, it said uh, the, the leasing property has a Wisconsin address.
0: Oh, all right.
1: So maybe he's... Whatever. Maybe he's splitting six months in a day down south and in Wisconsin. I don't know. He sure as hell was mad at those overpriced
0: property taxes and sunfish Lake. See, I'm, I'm not wealthy enough to pretend I don't care.
1: I think if I had eighty million dollars and I saw this, I
0: still would care. Uh, it's just uh, just a lot less. He is <laughs> a, he is a tremendous disappointment as a guy. Just as a guy, he's proven to be a tremendous disappointment. I
1: haven't given up getting him on the air yet.
0: I, I but I think
1: mean, you. Ha- I think you're. I think you're okay to tell him that. You. I.
0: I well, he's he, not coming on with us. I'm not done yet. He's fully ensconced in the third rail. He's. He's acting like a a civil servant would. He's grabbing every piece of the pie he can find, and he's relishing it. And it doesn't seem to, if it did occur to him, it does not seem to bother him that he's he's not living his promises. Uh, Now, I don't know if he specific, you know, not that he specifically promised to uh, always live in a... Or, uh, closest right. to the tallest buildings and in, in the urban sustainable core, he's never. I'm sure he's never promised that. But given everything he preaches about how safe we are and what are, what a, what what a great job we're doing, the the, the cities are falling apart. Uh, crime is rampant, and uh, all he's done is guarantee that he's really, really made himself safe from that. Yes, that's a. Uh, crime does not visit the shores of Sunfish Lake. No, no, but, and, okay. And then he'll be chauffeured there. To uh, I think he's got the Yukon or the Tahoe. Well, he'll be chauffeured, though. He doesn't even need to own a car. Now, maybe he owns one in, in, case, uh. Uh, in case he and the missus want to go house hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. He's driven. He's driven around. he's chauffeured around, and now he's going to be chauffeured to a mansion that you pay for. And in the meantime, you are paying, we are paying for that preposterous $6.3 million renovation, which will be $10 million before it's done. Yeah, that's, that's the key. Oh, so that,
1: that $6 million is in 2023 $20, dollars in, mm-hmm. uh, in March. Okay.
0: <laughs> I wonder what the euphorians say. The only thing I can come up with is they're, they're not going to say anything. Because they just don't allow it to factor into their thinking. So what are they thinking about? What are they thinking about? <laughs> what are they're they not. thinking about? They're, if this doesn't bother them, what bothers them?
1: Uh, they're not worried about their own and their numbers. They're worried about the other side and how they can chase after they're, they're willing to overlook uh, waste on their side because they're virtuous, but they're not willing to overlook any, there's no wiggle room on the other side. And that, again, is what's wrong with this country. 10%, 10%, I'm in the 80 right in the middle.
0: Well, I, I don't think any governor should behave this way, Republican or Democrat. I think it's a poor example of behavior. It's a real f- character flaw. It, it was a chance for him to to display character, and he is not displaying any character. Right. I know a bunch of guys in the realty, realty business. I bet you I could find you a house on Summit the same size as the Irvin house that could be leased,
5: I'm and sure. I
0: bet it would be cheaper. I'm sure of it. Have you gone up and
1: down Summit and see the houses that are for sale? Many times.
0: You've been there many times. Been there many times. <laughs> it's just amazing. You're aware of the of of his. Well, I'm running out of time. Let's take a break. But first, I want to tell you that uh, uh, Mueller Memorials with us, Mueller Mortuary. They've been in the funeral business for more than 75 years. I've known the family almost that long. Not that long because I'm not that old yet. No. But I've known the family a long time. And uh, what they've done is take one of the most difficult times of life and made it more comfortable for people. I've been doing this for three generations. I know Scott and his family. I've had both my parents uh, interred by the uh, Mueller Memorial because they take care of the difficult details. Honest to God, they they made it comfortable. They made it comfortable. They created events that... Ended up honoring loved ones and bringing families together. And ultimately what you do is you're celebrating a life well lived. Hell yeah. You're celebrating a wife, a life well lived. Uh, it's not a fun thing to talk about or deal with, but you have to. Uh, it's life. And this is part of life. And... uh These guys take care of it. His people take care of it. He takes care of it. It does not have to be overwhelming. Scott Mueller has written a great book. It's called What to Know Before You Go. He answers the most commonly asked questions about death, grief, and funerals. And he does it in a way that will even make you comfortable. Go to MuellerMemorial.com to learn more. That's MuellerMemorial.com.
1: It's the Rook. And, you know, for quite some time here, I've been telling you about Minnesota Masonic Charities online at mnmasoniccharities.org. I'm really happy that they're paired up with us in Garage Logic, getting the word out. Again, it's, it seems so silly, but people go, oh, yeah, that's the one with the. They're not. They are an open book, and they want you to learn the good things that they do. I told you earlier last week about Crescent Cove and how they donate a wonderful, wonderful outfit that helps people in a terrible time of need so they don't have to worry. They're going to always worry, but they don't have to worry about maybe where they're going to sleep, where they're going to eat. So check out Crescent Cove through Minnesota Masonic Charities and go to their website. Poke around. Compassionate, committed, capable. Yes, keywords that describe Minnesota Masonic Charities. Started in 2006 when a bunch of uh, Minnesota Masonry combined to be one umbrella organization. Now, that's a lot of philanthropy. Find out for yourself. You can call them if you'd like to talk and you're lonely. 952 948 6200. Or better yet, again, poke around their website and find out the great things they are doing in the state here at mnmasoniccharities.org.
6: here's a man who spends hours in
0: hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life joe suchere here's john heighten no i'm gonna i'm gonna hear kenny let kenny talk first
1: If I can find my stuff here. Well. Yes, we are waiting. I'm waiting. (laughs) I'm going to restart Kenny. Kenny, you ready? Okay, go ahead whenever
5: you're ready. A beautiful lawn, just click away, professionalturf.com. If you want the best lawn on the block, go with ProTurf. They're a Minnesota lawn care company, been around since 82. ProTurf has service techs with over 20 years of experience. These guys know more about our lawns than we do. Uh, when I lived in South Minneapolis, it was their problem. My lawn, always their problem, and it always looked amazing. Schedule a free in-person lawn care analysis and estimate right now, Professional. Turf.com and ProTurf will send out a tech to assess your lawn and then customize a slow release fertilizer and weed control plan that not only is it environmentally safe, but it's guaranteed for a beautiful, healthy lawn, no weeds. ProfessionalTurf.com.
0: Here's John Height.
2: Thank you, Joe. And this news is brought to you to the fine folks uh, from the fine folks at ProfessionalTurf.com. Last week, we got the Democrats plan for the state budget. Now, Minority Senate Republicans are pitching a revised deal to Democratic labor, uh, farmer labor lawmakers on Social Security income tax and infrastructure borrowing. All of this comes after a disagreement on the issue stopped a $1.9 billion infrastructure investment proposal from moving forward earlier this month. Now that legislative DFLers are taking action on tax bills on their own, Senate Republicans are coming back to the table. They brought an offer to the table yesterday to revive the bonding bill, increase spending for long-term care and nursing homes, and eliminate Minnesota's income tax on social, uh, Social Security payments. It matches the current DFL budget framework, calling for $3 billion in tax cuts and credits. Republicans have already been pushing for full elimination of the Social Security tax, but new to their offer is extra funding for the Departments of Ag and human. And services. Nursing homes and long-term care facilities would get $500 million more over the next four years. Uh, it also calls for increasing spending on ag by eighty billion million in the next two-year budget. This all comes a week after DFL legislative leaders and the governor unveiled a general budget framework that would increase spending, as you heard earlier, by about $17.9 billion over the next two years.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Ah. Uh, as we've also been talking about the governor's mansion getting some work done that means governor Walls and his family are moving out plans to overhaul the 111-year-old governor's residence have been in the works for over 10 years the english tudor style home slated for exterior repairs along with upgrades to its mechanical electrical plumbing and security systems and more construction should start in june take more than a year during that time the state will pay about $330,000 Lease a home for the Walls family, as we told you earlier, $17,326 a month at house on Sunfish Lake, just west of, uh, just south of West St. Paul in Dakota County. It's being rented by, from former Republican U.S. Senate candidate Mike McFadden. McFadden, a businessman who challenged former U.S. Senator Al Franken in 2014. Star Tribune reporting. Uh, Remember, in the wake of civil unrest over the police killing of George Floyd in 2020, would-be visitors from suburbs, small towns and neighboring states kept their distance from Minneapolis. Well, uh, Minneapolis's largest city had uh, developed a stigma, fueled by occasional reports of violent crimes and theft, dampening tourism and recreation. Well, now they're trying to reverse those negative beliefs in Minneapolis and to remind people of what they're missing. The city's tourism agency is launching a new marketing campaign to convey wary explorers back into regular visitors. It's Minneapolis's "See What All the Fuss Is About" campaign. Hey. <laughs> targets those living within a 300-mile radius of the city. Uh, Duluth, St. Cloud, Mankato residents, as well as North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, and Wisconsin residents, and potentially even Canada, according to Melvin Tennant, chief executive of Meet Minneapolis. More than 60% of the city's visitors come from the suburbs, greater Minnesota and bordering states, according to Tennant. In 2019, Minneapolis hotel occupancy was at 69%. That fell sharply in 2020 and 2021 to 21.4% and 29.9%. In 2022, occupancy did rise a bit again, up to 46.8%.
0: Here's the second paragraph in the Star Tribune story about this. Mm -hmm. A stigma about Minnesota's largest city was fueled by occasional reports of violent crimes and theft, dampening tourism and recreation. How could the Star Tribune allow itself to be that disingenuous? Occasional reports. <laughs> How about daily reports? Right. Yes. And and from the mole, I'm I'm noting that uh, this is happening now when crime is still an issue. There's not enough police and the Hennepin County Attorney's new view of juvenile crime feels like the music man and a new kind of band <laughs> instrument calling concerns for downtown a fuss is pretending violence, carjackings, et cetera, is almost like the kids in the music man not being able to play a band instrument. This is this is pathetic. These people in Minneapolis are lying to you. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. We're a hot mess. We got we to gotta <laughs> do something about this, you know. Occasional oh, reports oh, of violent whoa. crimes. Occasional. <laughs> really? Come, on, Occasional? Joel, come see what the fuss is about. Come, come on. on downtown. See what the fuss is about. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: From uh, up north, kind of a, a well, a, a different kind of story. A 20-year-old man has admitted he used his truck to intentionally hit three deer while driving within city limits last week. The incident occurred March 21st in broad daylight on Highway 21 by the golf course, according to Minnesota Conservation Officer Anthony Bermel. Bermel said all three deer were paralyzed but still alive and had to be euthanized by an Ely police officer. Within 24 hours, Brummel and others began getting tips on who the driver may have been. Bermel, joined by a St. Louis County Sheriff's Deputy and an Ely police officer, interviewed the driver, Casey Meadows, at his residence, and he admitted he hit the deer on purpose. There was never any good explanation as to why, according to Bermel. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Lots of money. It's a 30 mile an hour zone, so he had to speed up to hit the deer, all of them, single file. Burble said the driver had a heavy-duty bumper guard on his truck, so he sustained no damage to the vehicle of the incident. He was issued a citation for chasing or injuring wildlife by use of a motor vehicle. That's a misdemeanor with the $300 penalty. He was also issued state restitution orders for $500 for each deer. Meadows can either pay the ticket in restitution or challenge them in court. Court records show Meadows paid citations for having a loaded firearm in a motor vehicle in 2021 and not having a current sticker on his snowmobile earlier this year. Bermel said the Deer incident has caused a stir on social media in the Ely area, with some people suggesting officers should issue more severe charges. Another week and... But Bermel said... The of statutes, good to hear from me, Kenny, yeah. are limited in this case, noting there is no provision for this crime in the state to take away meadows hunting or fishing privileges.
0: Yeah, except if you hurt animals, you'll hurt people. Lock this fruitcake yeah. up.
2: A sense of resentment might have played a role in a 28-year-old's deadly attack on a private Christian school in Nashville, according to police there. The shooter, Nashville resident Audrey Hale, had no previous criminal record before opening fire at the Covenant School, killing three children and three adults, authorities say. While officials originally said the shooter was female, Hale is believed to have been transgender and identified as a male. Hale had carefully planned the attack with detailed maps and surveillance, according to police. While the shooter may have targeted the Covenant school, the police chief stopped short of saying she was going after any specific people. There are also indications Hale had planned to target other locations, according to the chief. Covenant's head of school, Catherine Kuntz, was among those killed. The police said she targeted random students in the school. Whoever she came in contact with, she fired rounds. She shot her way through a locked door to gain entrance to the school. The former student is alleged to have left behind writings being studied by local and federal investigators looks like former New Jersey governor Chris Christie is seriously considering a run for the Republican nomination for the presidency town hall meeting last night at the New Hampshire Institute of Politics New Hampshire of course a frequent stop for presidential candidates in the early voting state Christie blasted Donald Trump said the country needs someone with guts to take Trump down in 2024 he said he himself would decide in the next two months whether he's running Christie says he backed Trump until right after the 2020 election when Trump said he had won the election. Christie said the final straw came on election night in 2020 when Trump stood behind the presidential seal and falsely claimed the election had been stolen. Christie said, quote, when you put yourself ahead of our democracy as president of the United States, it's over. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said this morning he's growing increasingly concerned about President Biden's unwillingness to negotiate on lifting the nation's borrowing authority saying in a letter to the president that the White House position could prevent America from meeting its obligations and hold dire ramifications. Rather than open direct talks on the debt ceiling, which the Democrats agree have to be raised, Biden and his party's lawmakers are challenging Republicans to publicly present their own budget proposal, something McCartney hasn't done. McCarthy, excuse me, has not done. Political observers say the Democrats are betting on voters not liking cuts Republicans want to make to the budget if they're made public. Should we uh, come back with some more news after a quick message? Well, I
1: think we should, John. And right now I'm going to tell you about Welter Heating, Ray N. Welter Heating, online at welterheating.com. And this is the kind of... It's the tis the season, huh? It's the, the season right now. It's the season where you just made it through with your furnace and it was making some funny noises. Don't just shut it off and forget about it. You need to have those issues addressed for those 20 below 0 days and the Welter team can do that. You can go online to welterheating.com. You can request an appointment or you can call them. Go old school. They're going to answer the phone 612 612- They have been around for 100 years, so they know all the noises, they know all the nooks and crannies, and they're going to be up front with you because you're a garage logician. Four generations have worked at this place, and you know what? They're right there in Minneapolis. They don't have the fancy jingle. They didn't start five years ago. They started 100 years ago. So I want you to trust them. And they're going to trust you to call them right now, 612-825-6867. Those noises aren't going to go away, so use Welter, welterheating.com or 612-825-6867. Don't forget to tell them you heard it on the Garage Logic podcast. Heat your shelter with Ray and Welter and tell them that the Rook sent you.
5: Motorsports is celebrating 52 years as a family-owned and operated multi-line dealer in Monticello, bringing us the very best in outdoor recreational vehicle fun. And in a completely unexpected move, even with the demand and the warmer weather on the way, Moon Motorsports has just discounted nearly all of their new KTM dirt and trail bikes. Uh, there are tons of models and sizes in the KTM lineup, so you can uh, start the season off right with a brand new KTM dirt bike at the lowest prices available. And for you ATV riders, the uh, the favorite Can-Am Outlanders—they're all in stock. A wide selection of Outlanders, all sizes, all models, just waiting for you at Moon Motorsports. Moon Motorsports is our Skidoo, Honda, Yamaha, Can-Am, and Dirt and Trail Adventure Motorcycle Brand Leader. They're right there in Monticello and on the web, moonmotorsports.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere.
2: Wow, that's nice. Is that Dylan? certainly that my is. Kid? That was from, right. uh, he sent it over in October.
1: Cut three. Huh. Nice. Very nice, Johnny. Very talented son you have.
2: Uh, speaking of musicians, uh, we have a musician death. Oh, no. Uh, I, I don't know if you'll... Obscure? Well, I, I, you guys will probably say yes. I, I, Of course, it's not obscure to me, but mm. let's check. Tom Ledden, Mm-mm. the guitarist who co-founded Mudcrunch with Tom Petty and Mike Campbell, and was, of course, the obscure. brother. Obscure was the brother of Eagles co-founder Bernie Ledden Mm -hmm. has died. Mm -hmm. He was 70. He died March 22nd. Only natural causes were listed Hmm. uh, uh, on the thing, although he was playing up to uh, that last week he was alive. So apparently it sounds like he perhaps just had a heart attack uh, in his sleep. Uh, Mike Campbell, of course, Tom Petty, the Heartbreakers lead guitarist, said Tom Ledden was my deepest guitar soul brother. We spent countless hours playing acoustic guitars and teaching each other things. A kinder soul has never walked the earth. Ledden grew up near Petty in Florida and they formed Mud Crutch as teens. Ledden was the first to leave the area, though quitting Mud Crutch and moving to California. He ended up playing in Linda Ronstadt's band at that point. Petty and friends followed the move shortly after that and the Heartbreakers were formed. Ledden, in the meantime, joined Joined the country rock band Silver. Alongside future Grateful Dead keyboardist Brent Midland, they scored a number 16 hit on Billboard's Hot 100 with Wham Bam Shangaling, but broke up two years later. Eventually, during the 80s and 90s, moved to Nashville, where he taught guitar. Then, out of nowhere, 2007, Tom Petty called him up, said he had grown nostalgic while wanting old Mud Crutch footage in the Peter Bogdanovich documentary Running Down a Dream. If you've never seen that documentary, it's wonderful. Uh, Petty said he wanted to reform the band for a new album and a brief California club tour, so they cut 2008's Mud Crutch in a week. They like cut another album in 2016, did short tours, both really good records differing in form from the Heartbreakers, Mud Crutch mixing the country rock and jam band genres into a very cool mix. The band included Tom Petty, Campbell from the Heartbreakers, and Ledden. Uh He was, as I said, Tom Ledden, 70 years old.
0: John, I've got some news you probably aren't aware of, music <laughs> yes. news. Mm-hmm. uh I read in the New Yorker magazine last night about a new documentary film called Whatever Happened to Blood, oh, yeah. Sweat, and Tears?
2: Very familiar with the uh, the movie. You are? I've never seen it, yes. Oh, yeah.
0: I know well, exactly just, what it's it about. just came out. Yeah, I know exactly what it's about, though. Uh, apparently, Blood, Sweat, and Tears was used as some sort of weapon against the Cold War. Yeah. They, they were sent behind the... Uh, what? The Iron Curtain to play in, you know, Hungry and and whatever. And uh, is
1: this like a skunk
0: deal? And, and apparently, David Clayton Thomas, who's Canadian, he had some green card problems or something that went away if the band would do this. Correct.
2: Yes, yeah. he had. Uh, he had apparently uh, pulled a gun on an acquaintance. Yeah. Is this David, another Joe
0: uh, O'Brien thing? No. <laughs> no, David. He didn't. Uh, he didn't abuse anybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I did. It, it does beg the question what did ever happen to them? They had the one great album, and then they
2: well, no, I you'd see you just weren't paying attention, Joe. They okay. had several albums after that and several more hits. All right, uh, after the one you're talking about, which was just called Blood, Sweat, and Tears, they had another album come out where they had a uh, several hits off that. Then they had Blood, Sweat, and Tears four, which huh. had several hits, including remember, Go Down Gambling, yep, huge, huge hit. Yeah, uh, was on that album. Then David Clayton Thomas quit in about seventy eh, yep. three. Yeah, and and that's then, when the trouble started. Then they had new singers. Uh, they had a hit with a song called "So Long, Dixie," which is a great song. Uh, and then David Clayton Thomas rejoined nineteen seventy five, and they released three more albums I'll well, be damned. i I'm sorry, up I didn't to know yeah. Oh, there's yeah, lots of blood, sweat, and tears history. I, a big, a big favorite of mine, I confess. Okay. Uh, I love that. But yeah. and bless the Beast and the children. Uh-huh. The, the bass, whatever the bass. I'm, I'm What, sorry, what is bless the Beast and the children? No, what do? is that? Yeah, yeah. What's the
1: one? Co- what's the song called?
2: It's your story. You tell I have us. No idea what you're Give talking about. Give me a lyric. About.
1: Give me a lyric. It starts out with the horns. Okay. Yeah, they were a horn band. Uh, it's bless something. Well, oh, I know what you're thinking of. We used to play it as a bump. I loved it. I can't remember the name, but I'll look it up. Oh
2: my God! I'm that's okay. it. Yeah. You're fired. God bless the what? child. The, the yeah. op- God oh, bless, God the, bless the, child. the child. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a. It's bless a jazz the beast classic. and the children was a Jesus. book. <laughs> a jazz classic from the '30s, written by
0: Billie Holiday. Okay. Boy, well, You know, now. we got a guy on board here who just can't be stumped. You're like the Lake Detective. Yeah. The music—that's
2: well, a, that's a classic jazz song, and yeah. Billie Holiday, of course. Classic jazz, song. right? But Many now you know ones. what I'm talking about with that bass in that in that song. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, thank very, you. Perfect. Yeah, nipple yeah, base. Let's let's talk some more. Way about up flex, high here. Nipple base. <laughs> um, boy, I had another thought about that, but I can't remember what it was. Joe's coming very Thankful, no, that's all right, it's nothing that important. Oh, the movie, we're, t- we're gonna talk about the movie a little bit. Uh, apparently, it goes through a whole uh, the, there's tons of great clips, interviews with all the guys that were in the band, uh, about their trip to Russia and yeah. what happened after that. And Rook hit it right on the nose there uh the doobie brothers were also used as a weapon against the cold war was that how skunk skunk got his taste he went there and uh, he said the people behind the iron curtain were starving for any kind of entertainment he said he took guitars he took pedals he gave them to kids in the soviet union so that they would have something to make music with and he says and i'm not going to doubt him that that helped you know uh, cultivate a culture of uh, openness Huh. Behind the Iron Curtain, eventually leading to the Berlin Wall the, coming down. Yeah, there you go. And this stupid ass Putin guy. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't last. It didn't, wasn't all. It, did, it didn't take. Peaches and cream. <laughs> in Florida, the board of the Tallahassee Classical School pressured Principal Hope Karaskia to resign last week after an image of the David. You guys know the David, right? Yeah, yeah I've seen it in person. Lucky. Yeah, well, They showed it to a sixth-grade art class, and apparently some parents were quite annoyed
0: by it. Well, it's just a sculpture.
2: Maybe uh, they should call him
0: the Little David. No, it's it's fine. Caraschia believes the board targeted her after three parents complained
2: about a lesson, including a photo of the David, a 17-year-old, 17 17-foot uh, nude marble sculpture dating from 1504. The work is considered a masterpiece of the Italian Renaissance, depicts the biblical David going to fight Goliath, armed only with his faith in God. Carasquia yep. said two parents complained because they weren't notified in advance that a nude would be shown. A third parent called the statue
0: pornographic. No, it's it's not. It's not pornographic.
2: One addendum to this story, Michelangelo's Renaissance masterpiece, The David uh, on Sunday, invited parents, the Florence Museum did where it's at, invited parents and students from the Florida Charter School to visit after those complaints. No word if they'll take them up on that.
1: Really? How how much of a press
2: do you have to be? Pretty much. Wow. Uh, Also in Florida... (laughs) <laughs> Even though the Disney film Ruby Bridges has been shown during Black History Month for years at Florida's Pinellas County, it was recently pulled because one parent, one parent, was worried it would teach white children about the racism that black children faced in the 1960s. Emily Conklin, whose child attends North Shore Elementary, parent uh, North Shore Elementary School, refused to let the student see Ruby Bridges when it was shown earlier this month. She made a formal complaint on March 6th, saying the use of racial epithets and images of white folks who harassed Ruby as she walked into a school would allow white children to see the racist history of segregation. School officials for Pinellas decided to ban the movie at the school until a review committee could evaluate it. Conklin, one of two parents who refused to let their children watch the movie after the elementary school, had sent out permission slips, which included a link to a trailer two weeks before the movie was shown
0: classes. Well, she's an idiot, and there's a lot of them out there. Do you know how
1: in the David, with the David sculpture, there's ornate detail? Uh That's why it's a a classic. My wife um, took an art course at the U of M, and one day, they were going to do some drawings, and out comes the uh, Barry, and um, (laughs) he completely disrobes, Uh and she is to, the class is to, you know, do the picture. So, she had good detail on the arms, up here, up here, but downstairs, she just was like a real quick. She, she didn't go into detail on the, um, she was very shocked by
0: that. All right. Is that too Give much they, information, maybe? It really was. Okay. It's not much of a story. <laughs> Giving all of us older folks There wasn't something. much to David. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't one of these deals. Right. That's what I'm saying. The you little like, David, I call yeah, him.
2: Yeah. There actually, I read yesterday a reason for that. In one of these stories. Shortage they, of marble? They, no. It was purposely done to not draw attention uh, to that region because they wanted the, the meaning of the
0: statue to be bigger, if right. that makes sense. Right.
1: Well, when yeah. you look, seriously, when you look at the statue, the arms, the chest. It's a very
0: modest swimsuit
1: area. Yes. But I'm saying everything in detail. It's
2: he's a beautiful the, piece of wood. You has got the six-pack going. Yep. Giving us all, a, giving all of us older, didn't folks get a lot something. of dates
1: after that though. I think when he, you know, I,
0: I got my. Uh, I want John to do the news now.
2: <laughs> giving all of us older folks something to shoot for. A 91 year old Colorado man took about a 24 mile trek to become the Guinness World Record holder for oldest person to cross the Grand Canyon rim to rim on foot. John Jepkema, 91 years and 152 days old when he and his group of friends finished up their five-day backpacking hike. (laughs) The group started on the North Rim's North Kebab Trail and descended 14.3 miles and 6,000 feet to the bottom of the canyon, where they headed toward the Bright Angel Trail and ascended about 9.6 miles and 4,500 feet to the South Rim. That's a feat.
1: So wait a minute, wait a minute. So he went the the long way? Yeah. Yeah. From start to finish, not just walk down across it on the ground.
2: Right, correct. He went the length of it. Yes. That's a feet Up and down and yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he said he got ready for the attempt by walking five to eight miles a day for four months. Wow, Jepkema said, I did lots of walking with a full backpack and as much trail and elevation changes as possible. I would walk three miles to morning coffee with a 30-pound pack and then Walk back home. You or,
1: say, "Wow!" Is it because you're jealous? Did well, he walk uh, that much? My feet kill
0: me, and this guy's 91. Okay, so
1: I, 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 you know what? I sense that in your wow. You're that's like, man, I, wish I could do
0: that. That's amazing. Mm. <laughs> well, congratulations. And you feel like to you're 91? <laughs> no, but uh, that's. Uh, I mean, I walk, but that that guy I walk. I walk. I walk every day, but I don't know if I have that in me. That's fantastic on his part, John. Thank you. Uh huh. Yeah. Fine. Sounds yeah. pretty
1: good. Uh, Why don't we just take a break and we'll
5: come back. That's the point. (laughs) Another week, another... You know what I'm about to say, right? Maple Grove Lock and Safe, another big sale. Actually, the sale runs a couple of weeks. You can save up to $400 on select bronze, colonial, Fat Boy Jr., and Centurion safes. Don't wait, because this deal won't last forever. As a matter of fact, April 12th is the end date on this sale. The Liberty Safe made right here in the USA with full transferable lifetime warranties and the best fire protection you can get. And the owner and proprietor, Rich, he'll set you up with professional delivery and installation. There's a website and a phone number. Website first, MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com. If you want to call Rich directly, 763-494-9075. They're at 6901 East Fish Lake Road. The big sale, Liberty Colonial, Fatboy Junior, and Centurion safes all on sale through the 12th. Check them out, MapleGroveLockAndSafe.com.
1: It's the end of the world as we know it, and he
0: feels fine. Joe Souchere. I want to go up and down Summit Avenue and find a house for the gov. That's a great idea. You, you will be he, saving the state money. You know what else he'll hide behind? Well, he didn't want to disturb neighbors. Oh <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, that's going to be part of it. Yep, but he won't. He'll he'll disturb the the quaintness of uh, Sunfish Lake. They don't want it. R-
0: Roads right there say. Private. Well, the other irony is that based on the f- people I do know who live there, there ain't no, uh, de- there ain't no DFLers. Uh, uh, he, correct. Kind of a, a I'm taking quick mental inventory
1: of the people in I know. Stranger in a strange
0: land there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umphumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans at Worldwide Waftage. Only one thing happened on this day in Minnesota. You don't tell of, me. of note. This Only is March twenty
1: eighth. March twenty eighth is a dull day in Minnesota.
0: On this day, what in nineteen ninety two, William Marpins, Duluth's premier civil rights leader, died. He served as president of the Duluth NAACP chapter and when an African-American family was prevented from moving into a Duluth neighborhood, he launched a campaign that led to a city fair housing ordinance. He also organized a food drive for poor African-Americans in Mississippi. When white truckers in the South tried to block the shipments, He he persuaded Duluth Teamsters to deliver the food.
1: Good for him. Sounds so the, like a uh,
0: hail well, fellow, well met, William Moppins. He uh, he was well known in the Duluth area, and he died in '92. He died on this day, March twentieth, nineteen ninety-two. Okay, on this day in history, I'm shocked that there's not anything else. That's it. It's Minnesota. all we did one, on this one day. One thing. One thing. Oh, yeah. One thing? thing. I don't know who it is that. <laughs> decides these things. Because there's more stuff that happened. You would think some other stuff happened. You know, uh, Southdale opened or something like that. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Alright, thank you uh, GLers.
1: Yeah, I think we did okay. We didn't need either one of those two morons, huh? Well, <laughs> we'll see. A couple of mine, yeah, a couple of uh, mistakes on my part here that Reavers will mock me for, but I think we'll be alright. Okay, if you want to be all right, then go to PodMN on your smartphone and pick out one of your own, very own podcasts that you'll love to listen to. There's a wonderful library at PodMN on your smartphone. Also, don't forget about the Garage Logic Town Council. Go to garagelogic.com. It's super easy to do and sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council, you could possibly get yourself a $10 Fratellonis Hardware and Garden Stores gift card. It's just that simple. You pay 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year, Garage Logic Town Council's a lot of fun. Check it out. Oh, don't forget, YouTube, subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube. A lot of great videos out there.
3: Thanks guys.
4: It's time once again to check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, who's on the line with us. No better time than right now to pick up that phone and give Josh a call for that free 48-minute financial consultation. The number to dial, 952-925-5608. That number again, 952-925-5608. You can make that call, and with Josh, you know what you get. He always gives you straight talk without sugar-coated advice, and some of that straight talk right now includes possible recession time. Josh, what can you tell us? Is a recession in the cards? I don't know. I really do not know, but
6: I've been listening to numerous strategists, commentators, other money management professionals who keep talking and have been talking since the Fed started raising interest rates a year ago and the that a recession was in the bank. Count on it. A recession is in the bank, they have said, because the short-term interest rates are higher than the long-term rates, also known as an inverted yield curve. And then they have pointed out to other things that have been happening in the bond market, not just in the government bond market, but in the junk bond market, where currently the yield spread between the, we'll say, worst bonds, triple C, and some of the better bonds, the investment-grade bonds, is at an all-time high, signaling that Numerous companies in the triple C category will be unable to pay their debts and or could default on their debts. Add to this issues in the commercial real estate business as leases start to get renewed. uh, Many commercial real estate companies are unable to renew at past rates. And numerous companies are looking for less space. Now, this has a lot to do with the pandemic and the work-from-home ethos that has uh, hurt many, many companies in many metropolitan areas. Uh, It is also going to cause or could cause some delinquencies and or default on on, uh, uh, high-grade, or not high-grade bonds, or high-grade mortgages, but commercial mortgages which in turn could hurt banks and as you're probably aware we're right now in the midst of a bit of a banking crisis. I have stated before that I am not a bank investor really don't want to be a bank investor and banks right now uh, with, um, with the FDIC on them with regulators now focused back on them with the need to have more capital are going to be very, very tight in their lending, which could create a little bit of a credit crunch. All of that could lead to, you know, a broader economic slowdown or a recession. Now, one of my friends, Chris Dvorak of Dvorak Technical Research, uh, who also happens to be my technical analyst, you know, has said that his economics professor had stated that economics is a matter of getting what you expect. And if more people expect a recession, well, that could could lead to one. And if, and I say if, we have a recession, it will be one of the most advertised and well-anticipated recessions around. And if that is the case, then many stocks, as I'm a stock guy and more particular a growth stock guy, many stocks may have already priced that inevitability or as, or as uh, these strategists and investment people say it's, they have already priced a lot of that uh, downside in. me, I keep looking. For companies that still have or still are able to grow their earnings uh, from growing sales, even if those sales, as the economy slows a little bit, also slow down. So to me, the focus should still be on companies that generate a lot of cash and provide a good or
4: service that people can't be without. Thanks, Josh. You heard him, What great information right there. And now is the time to pick up that phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation. The number to dial, 952 925 5608, where you will always get straight talk and you'll never get sugar-coated advice.
0: Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.